Welcome once again to our Laugh House Beloved podcast. And we, I'm joined again this week by Lena and by Debbie. Hello, Hi. girls. And we have David as well as our special guest appearance. Or, yeah, appearance. <laughs> um, just to just to recap, last week we started a new series on discipleship, and we talked about what is discipleship, what does it mean to be a disciple. We talked a little bit about what it looked like practically in our lives. So, Lena, have you got a re- little one word or recap on that? What it looked like practically? Practically, all right. So, practically being a disciple is. You look like Jesus, you smell like Jesus, you sound like Jesus, you're just, you're just Jesus with skin on. Awesome, I love that, Jesus with skin on, that's so cool. And then we also talked about what the purpose of discipleship is. Debbie, can you remember anything from that? Mm, a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> the purpose is to, to be getting closer, to be moving forward. Right, good, mm-hmm. yeah. And then we also mentioned that there's cost involved, there's commitment involved and, um, you know, that it's definitely worth paying the price for that. So, good. This week we're going to be looking at now what is a discipleship environment because obviously to become a discipleship you really need to be in a place, an environment that's conducive to actually growing into into being a disciple. So what is a discipleship environment, Lena? Right, so first off, it's the church, the body of Christ. Um, so we're talking about a, a gathering of believers, a company of believers. Not we're not talking about a building, um, but the discipleship environment is is more than that. Um, it's more than that, and I've lost my way. <laughs> I'm sure come back. Well, I was thinking as well, it's an environment that's conducive to that development and that growth. And I was just thinking, you know, like a plant would need water and sun and soil and stuff to grow. Um, a discipleship environment then would be a place where the conditions are optimal for becoming a disciple. So in other words, you've got the training there, you've got the support that you need, like Debbie talked about last week with people coming alongside you to help you, especially when you're having to pay the cost. Um, you've got the training about the cost, being told what's actually going to happen, and you've got com- you know training about commitment and how to stand through it. So really a place where your character gets tried and tested to be developed and where you've got the support around you to help you with that. So an environment that challenges and stretches you, and it's a place where you're empowered and encouraged And you're not just enabled, and we'll talk about that in a little minute, and allowed to just stay as you are. And I spoke last week about the scripture that says you to work out your salvation in fear and trembling. So really it is a process that you have to be attending to and working out. Debbie, have you got anything you want to add? (laughs) Did you leave me anything? Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, probably not. Uh, There's always more. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's just I, I said similar kind of things, just you know, being surrounded by people who are not only further along in their walk and and further along the journey than you, but those who are also on par with you and those who you can encourage as well. So so you've got that, you know, those above, not above and below, but, you know. Well, it's your journey. Pauls and your yeah. Timothys and yeah. your Barnabas. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. David, I'm sure you've got lots to say on this. We'll, well give you two minutes. <laughs> we'll give you one minute. <laughs> You're wasting your time. Hurry up. Well, no, I've got such a succinct answer to the discipleship <laughs> environment. Unashamed plug coming from the free ebook that's coming soon. <laughs> a discipleship environment is this that you are able to be a disciple and that you are able to make disciples. All right, so now I'm like stunned because that was like short and sweet for Dab. He is short and sweet, but not normally in his speech, right? <laughs> You'd have to see him to know what I'm talking about. 
Well, the discipleship is one of my passions. I love talking about discipleship in the church. Yep. I love talking about spiritual warfare. I love talking about end times. No, we know. So I have a lot to say on that. <laughs> <laughs> and I think as well that, um, that discipleship environment is a place that's going to teach you that salvation is a process, that when you accept Jesus, um, the sacrifice that Jesus made for us, that's just the first step because I think that's the difference as well between conversion versus discipleship. You know, you have people that maybe get converted, but if they're not actually actually taught, um, you know, to count the cost and have the training and their character and they're allowed to just carry on. You actually can find people that have been sitting in a church 10, 20, 30, 40 years and there's actually no change in them. Maybe their destination has changed, but that's about it. There's no change in their character and their nature. And so you need to have an environment where you're actually going to be stretched and challenged and not allowed to remain the same. Because really, you know, we talked in the first podcast about discipleship being becoming like Jesus. And so there should always be movement towards that. You should not be the same as you were last year. Um, you know, you shouldn't, you know, we go up and down. We will, you know, blow it and stuff and it's a journey, but... There should be noticeable differences and changes. Yeah, discipleship. Being in a discipleship environment, it's it's active. You're not inactive. If you know, we look at Ephesians four. Um, it talks about Christ gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the full measure a whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So there's a, a lot of concepts and things, and it's not that's not just like, bam, it happens. That and was you're Dina done. hitting the table. Yeah. You know, it's maybe built up and reaching unity and the knowledge of God and becoming mature, attaining to that. You know, there's, um, it's, it's an active process. I love that, active. Yeah. And that requires action on your part as well. This scripture that I'm going to read to you now absolutely terrifies me. Um, and I think it's really good um, just to show what, what we really need to be doing and, and being in a discipleship environment will help you. This is Jesus speaking, and he says, Not everyone who says to me, sorry, it's from Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, your evildoers. Now, the fact that that's saying um, that they will say to him, Lord, Lord, did we not do all these things in your name? Prophesy those are. So who do you think's talking there? People that consider themselves Christians, obviously, Lord, calling him Lord, and didn't we do this in your name? And he's saying, I never knew you. And to me, that's the difference between discipleship. If you're not growing to become more like Jesus, and, and Lena, I think you mentioned last week as well that discipleship is really about that relationship with Jesus, and you did as well, David. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that can show you the result. If you're not in a discipleship environment, you might be sitting somewhere, um, you know, thinking that you are a disciple when in fact you're not. Mm. Yeah. Do you want to add, David? Well, Lena's going to go. Okay, go, Lena. (laughs) Um, Jump in while you can. (laughs) Go, go. Um, So, yeah, maturity there is a a big um, signpost sort of thing. You know, 
the rest of that Ephesians verse that I was reading before, it says, then we will no longer be infants. So chapter 4 of Ephesians, no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, um, blown here and there by every wind of teaching. Um, Maturity is so important so that we don't just stay at new believer level and then just slowly slip away from from Jesus. Um, You know, there needs to be a maturity in us so we're not thrown off by every course of, of new teaching. You know, we're actually able to test and discern God's will for us and move forward towards him and, and, and deepen um, rather than just stay shallow and, you know, when the heat comes, we just wither away and die. Well, you know what? If you're not maturing, you're actually going backwards, even if you think you, you know, we are standing still stagnant, so it's not healthy. I mean, you, you relate that to a child growing up. If they don't grow and mature, you know, say physically, then we know that they're retarded. You know, if their body in some way, there's, there's some retardation if they're not actually growing the way they, they should be. And, um, you know, we can recognise it in the physical, but often people don't look and relate that to the spiritual. And we can have retarded Christians out there as well where there's not growth. When I talk retarded, I mean the growth process has stopped or not happening. Mm. And so if there's not a process towards maturing, then we're actually not in a good place. Yeah. I, was just, I was just thinking of cheese. Cheese, okay, let's go with that one. <laughs> I was just Stinky thinking, cheese or blue yeah, cheese? No, well, I was thinking about, you know, oh, how mature. cheese matures. Yeah. But, you know, there's some cheese that really doesn't mature well and it just goes old and mouldy. And so, you know, you're either maturing in a good way or you're going old and mouldy. Oh, yeah, I like that. Very good. No, what do you think, David? Yeah, that's great. We'll always remember that, Debbie. Now that <laughs> look at cheese. Uh, because the, the growth process should be natural. Mm. So the the growth process of a disciple should be natural within the discipleship environment. Now, go on, David. You want to tell us how long it takes? We know you do. <laughs> <laughs> go on. What's a natural um, time frame? Well, let me. I will answer that, but let me just finish this thought before it's I forget lead up it. To like, it. <laughs> before I forget it, like I always knows. interrupt him. You see, so he's just. <laughs> one of the one of the key factors for me is as a as a as a leader of a church and being responsible for the, 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 the children of God, that scripture, like Carolyn says, it really terrifies me because I will stand before God and I'm not only accountable for myself, I'm accountable for my family, I'm accountable for the family of God that he's placed under me and he's going to come and ask me, what have you done with my children? Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing I wanted to say to that is that the Lord basically has instructed us to make disciples, not build his church. He will grow his church. We have to make disciples. And so at LifeHouse, when we, when we started off, my vision has always been to produce an environment that's conducive to growth, where you are able to be a disciple and make a disciple. And it's a very, it's a very tough environment to be a part of because it's a natural growth environment, and, 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 and you'll often find that there are people that don't want to grow and so that's where you get that a little bit of conflict taking place now coming back to the question that carolyn was asking me to answer is how long does it take a disciple to disciple to grow i had a lovely conversation at a wedding a friend of mine was getting married and uh, he was a pastor so there were a lot of pastors and we were sitting at a table of pastors and their and their um, wives and husbands and we got talking of our favorite topic, the church, and what's happening in the church. So I posed this question to them. How long does it take for a discipleship, disciple to be produced? What is your time frame? 
And man, I got some fantastic answers, you know, never ongoing, this, that, the other. And eventually they came back to me and said, well, how long will it take you? So I said, it should take me three years to get a person from salvation, the cross, to a point of Ephesians 2.10 where they know their ministry, they begin launching out into their ministry, and they have intimate relationship with the Lord and are doing the work of the Lord. And man, you should have seen the story there. How do you know that? Well, how do you get that time frame? And I just pointed them back to scripture where, uh, you know, Jesus, halfway through his ministry, within about the 18-month mark, I would say, said to 70, not the 12, he said to the 70, go out, two by two, and do something. And when they came back, they, he was saying, well, what, did, what happened? Well, the demons were jumping, and this was happening. People were getting healed. The kingdom of God was getting preached. 18 months. Within 18 months. And then at the three-year mark, when Jesus left, he left a group of people that changed history. Yeah, that's true. Three uh, years. Here's, a, here's another scripture that doesn't terrify me, but should terrify you too. <laughs> Oh, great. <laughs> but just, you know, just going on from what David was saying that, you know, we will be accountable as leaders as well mm -hmm. for our flock. And so, it, you know, for us as well, it's really important that we um, ensure then that, that that environment is, you know, producing disciples and it's conducive to growth because we're going to have an accountability for that. And, you know, each Christian has an accountability for themselves, but there is going to be accountability as well for, for leadership as well. Um, Hebrews 13 says, Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Mm. Now this part. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no advantage to you. <laughs> so there's another, um, you know. I don't know about them. That, I think that's terrifies more you. than the other verse, yeah. Because <laughs> I will give an account mm. yeah, yeah. of everyone that I've discipled. I'm not. Oh, I'm not scared. Yes. I don't think I'm a burden. No, you're not. <laughs> you are indeed a joy. <laughs> but it's good to have that in our minds mm. as well, aren't we? <laughs> no comment. All right. Well, let's um, talk a little bit about. This is maybe one of my pet topics. Um, just let's talk about environments. Let's talk about enablement environment versus empowerment. So, if I just maybe explain um, what I mean by enablement. I'm probably talking about an environment where, where you... Where did you get that from? Okay, from you, David. Uh, from book, your book. book. <laughs> <laughs> Not an understanding. Man, I feel really... I knew it. I knew it just in different... I knew it in different words, you know. I might have actually given him the idea. He probably stole it. You should put both our names on that book because half of it's probably my thoughts, you know. Probably. Uh, probably in our discussion. But really, enablement environment versus empowerment. Um, when I talk about empowerment, that I would be referring there to an actual discipleship environment. So I would use the word empowerment and discipleship interchangeably because if it is a discipleship environment, it would empower you to be and, you know, challenge you, encourage you to be everything that you can be, whereas enablement would be more where you're just, you know, you get saved and you're just left there and you're not challenged to grow, you're not pulled up and corrected and exhorted and whatever needs to happen. Lena? Yeah, so if we look at the online free dictionary the enablement definition is to supply others with the means knowledge or opportunity to give capacity and to make operational 
Um, which sounds great, but if you look at empowerment, it's to invest with power, to equip or supply with an ability. It's about releasing potential. So there's a power to empowerment that is lacking in enablement. Yep, Amen. that's very good. I, I was saying, because I was having a bit of a guess about the, what you meant by that, but I'm guessing that enablement would, be, would have been the difference between Jesus showing the disciples what to do all the time and when he returned after death following them around and still doing it for them mm, <laughs> then they would have had a lot of head knowledge about how to disciple but not a lot of practice yeah whereas empowerment to me looks like me sitting here yeah awesome <laughs> I've, I've heard David saying before about how he likes to drop us in the deep and when we come back coughing and spluttering he gives us a step <laughs> use your arms and then when we come back coughing and spluttering Listen kick your legs to. <laughs> so, my deep in swimming lessons yeah I, I was saying that I, I kind of feel like I'm one of the fortunate ones that's been able to sit on the side of the pool for a little bit longer and watch everyone so you know in a couple of weeks you know I'm going to be doing a five minute sermon on bit <laughs> she's been kicked, a bit she's been thrown in the pool yeah well I, I, I just think of Les having to preach on an Indi- Indian beach for his first sermon I'm thinking oh. don't feel sorry for him everyone <laughs> no he did great it's yeah, coming no. <laughs> Exotic, the Bay of Bengal. Yeah. Um, David's, sunset. David's got a great <laughs> illustrate. I love his, um, you know, when we talk about, we talk about laugh pass as probably HMS laugh pass, a battle carrier as, as opposed to a cruise liner. And <laughs> so we would relate an enablement environment, a church that, that fully enables as a cruise line, a, yeah, cruise liner, piano cruise liner. Do you want to explain a little bit about you know, deck chairs on this boat? Yeah. <laughs> the past serving you the drinks. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the three illustrations I use to describe an environment the first one is this one, I love it, the battleship and the cruise line. And the second one is the political one, uh, which is enablement system versus an empowerment system. And then the third one is the two trees. So this, I love this one. Can you, j- j- you got to use your imagination. Here's this, you, you, you're driving over this hill and there's two, the twin brothers are in this car and um, one's got long hair, dreadlocks, not that there's shirt. anything wrong with me. And the other one is like short cropped hair oh, okay. like thing. And then they, they're twins. You can't tell them apart except for the hair and the dress. And down in the, in the harbour, you've got this massive battleship in the one section of the harbour. And there's a band next to it. And everybody, you know, the girlfriends are hugging and kissing. And the guys are marching onto the ship. And on the other side of the, the harbour, you've got this beautiful piano cruise line. And there's also a band playing and people are blowing little bugles and throwing confetti out and people are marching up onto the ship. Now, both of those are ocean-going vessels. Both have got people on. Both have got purpose. They're there to serve people. Both travel to far overseas ports. They've got mission. And, and, and the, the, that's where the similarities end. Now, this is what I love. Can you imagine the twins getting mixed up? <laughs> and, and the one with the Hawaiian shirt and the dreadlocks who's got his ticket on this cruise ends up being marched, frog-marched onto this battleship asking for his pina colada and deck chair and your know, menu. <laughs> and what's the entertainment for the night? Uh, as opposed to what would happen to him by the... the, the I don't know what the Navy gunnery sergeant or sergeant major would be on the Navy, but can I, I love just that add to that as well that just from a leadership point of view and having been there ourselves, that um, on that one, that PO cruise liner, it's the pastor and the pastor's wife that do all the serving and um, a selected 
crew and leaders. selected, yeah, yeah. Um, and they do the serving. And you know, if you if you're not meeting their needs or whatever, well, then they're gonna stop. Um, they'll send a complaint to the person. Yes, and they will. <laughs> they won't pay for their ticket and whatever, you know. So it's, uh, even there, the mentality is of, of the leadership as just um, employee versus, you know, recognising godly leadership. But, but yeah, the, what what you've hooked in is the, the, the attitude of the two, two, the twins, mm. the, the two different attitudes. One is going for service and one is going to be served. And can you imagine the attitude... Mm. If they were swapped over, yeah. Yeah. what would happen? And I like what you said there. You said that both of the ships are there to serve people, but with the enablement, the people they serving are the people on the ship. Whereas with, um, you know, your empowerment or your discipleship, you actually, the people on the ship are there to serve outside themselves, outside that ship to serve, you know, the lost. And I've got a, I've got a question, but I've got a little statement before the question. Most here's the statement: most church leaders. I know, are all wanting to raise disciples. And, and most Christians I come across that I know also want to be raised as disciples. Now, they think the they do at least. Well, here's the question. <laughs> Why then is raising disciples a near impossible task? Because of the cost. Yeah, I was just going to say once the cost kicks in, people think they want it. Um, people think they're living according to the word and, you know, they're Bible-believing Christians. But once you actually start to touch their belief systems and actually hold that up as a real standard that they have to live with, then the squealing starts. Well, that's a good, that's a good answer. One, ask, one answer is the cost, cost that the leader has to pay to have a discipleship environment. Well, the cost and, and is the emptying, cost, half emptying your church usually. Well, yeah, and the <laughs> cost that the disciple has to pay to enter the environment. Both both pay a cost yep. and both pay a price to, to have that environment where you are able to be a disciple mm. and you're actually able to make disciples. So let's um, look at, just, you know, if we go back to enablement environment, just because I think it would be good for people to be listening, who are listening, to maybe just look at their own situation and, and just see, you know, are they in an environment that is conducive to growth? What would an enablement environment look like practically, apart from the cruise liner illustration? But, but you know, we've all been there. Yeah. Um, so what, what does it look like? Maybe contrast it with empowerment. Okay. Um, so for me, that looked like, you know, I believed God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, yep, but I wasn't stretched, I wasn't matured in my walk, um, I didn't, I had a quite shallow level relationship and, and teaching, um, I really didn't have an understanding at all, no concept of sort of the deeper things of God, um, so I was like, in Hebrews, the little baby Christian, like, I didn't even have the milk sort of thing, I was just very, very... Yes, immature. Um, you know, I grew up thinking that all I could do to serve God was I could sing, um, and, and that's a wonderful thing. God gifts people with singing, but that's all I thought. All I could do that was my great dream, and um, as I said, there's nothing wrong with that. But there was other dreams that God had thrown into my heart um, to serve Him that just to me were flats of fancy and I had no ability to reach them and no depth of character to ever maintain, even just doing a, a podcast like this. There was no depth of character sort of thing. And um, eventually um, when I came to Lifehouse, it was a completely different story. It went from um, just sort of 
mere duty and service to hang on you've got a purpose a gift a call there's a relationship for you to step into with God and um it was basically a big kick up the bum to build some character so I can go out and achieve God's purpose and actually serve him to the best of my abilities you know it wasn't about building David and Carolyn's little empire at Lifehouse but get off your butt and go build God's kingdom well awesome great answer Selena Debbie what did it look like for you I, a similar kind of thing, like I, I grew up um, having quite fantastic role models who I still have uh, in my mum and dad, and um, but it wasn't, I, ne- I never really found, um, like I felt like I, I kind of hadn't scratched the surface I guess in my, in my walk and, and with my relationship with Christ until I moved away from home and I was living up the coast and um, the church I was going to, they um, had lots of different teachings and things like that on, um, like things like uh, speaking in tongues. Oh wow, that was a big thing for me to learn about, and and I was like, oh, what do I know about this? You know, coming from a very <laughs> look strict at you now, Debbie. Baptist. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, um, I, I couldn't believe it that the first time I, I rang my dad and I said, oh, dad you won't believe what I've learned about this, you know, or about speaking in tongues and, or um, about the Holy Spirit. Like the first time I actually heard a pastor speaking from the pulpit about the Holy Spirit, I wrote him an email saying, that's awesome, you know, thanks for talking on that from the pulpit. And yeah, he, awesome. he was like, wow, that's, that's really sad that, you, that that's the first time <laughs> oh, that you've heard. heard. Um, and I, I was like 22, 23 at the time. So that was a big thing. And, and I remember ringing Dad and saying, oh, Dad, you know, Da, 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 da. This, guess what? Guess what I've learned about? You'll never guess about this and that and the other and, and about how, you know, God can speak to you. And, da, da. and he's like, yeah, I know. I'm like, what? How have you, you told never me? told me about this? <laughs> so um, he's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know how I've never told, you know, because they were very open about, about things. But, yeah, just um, it's been it's been exciting roller coaster since. Well, it's always been an exciting roller coaster, and always but, um, will be. Sorry, yeah, it's going to get worse. It. The yeah, Grand Rapids no, that's are coming. It. That's it. Yeah, the Grand Rapids. Yeah. yeah, but um, and then coming to to Lifehouse, and like I said before, you know, watching these other people get plopped in the deep end, I'm like, oh. <laughs> my turn's coming. <laughs> I, every time, I, every time I see David, I think, oh, is he coming to talk <laughs> to me? About is he looking at me? Avoid <laughs> eye, avoid eye contact at all costs. But to the to the point. Where now, you know, like when, you know, I was asked to, to speak, you know, at church, I, you know, okay, I just, I just know now, I just, I just put my hand up and go, okay, yes, do just, do it, just do it. Did I overwork because it's coming, the anticipation's worse than the actual so, event. yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's and I think that word empowerment and what you were saying there about the Holy Spirit, it's, that's the difference, isn't it? It's that power element yeah. and empowerment as well in terms of the encouragement that you're getting mm. where, um, you know, people believe in you and they push you because they don't feel threatened. And, you know, mature godly leadership will not feel threatened. They will want, like we do with our natural kids, want you to be bigger and better and whatever than them and so you know if they secure in themselves they can empower and release you to do things and um, you know I think as well for me the biggest thing with enablement versus empowerment is that I found when we're in an enabling environment I mean you have things that sound ridiculous but it happened I mean we've had people or I'm not coming to church anymore because the um, the words or the patterns on the teenagers' T-shirts distract me. Or um, Carolyn didn't say hello to me this week. Um, 
And, you know, so there you almost force as a pastoral couple to do what I call sheep petting, like go pat them on the heads. If you haven't patted them this week, then they're not happy. And if they're not happy, they won't pay their tiles or whatever. So, and what I find with the um, empowerment is because you're teaching people to be disciples, you're connecting them with Christ, although we did try and do that in an, another environment, but people that actually have got that relationship, that intimacy for themselves, that's their internal motivator. So it doesn't matter if I don't see Lena for five weeks and do coffee, she's not going to go off in a sulk um, because I haven't done coffee with her for five weeks, whereas in the enablement environment that does actually happen. And I've had someone say, if you had just visited more, I would keep coming but don't let me go off in a tangent there <laughs> like that's my... And I think for me, enablement looks like this whole love thing that is so misconstrued in enablement, whereas love, you know, I think they twist that scripture, not deliberately, obviously, but love covers a multitude of sins as in, you know, it's like a, just a big rug that you just put it over and sweep <laughs> everything under. Um, whereas love is actually confronting and, um, you know, bringing correction where necessary and discipline for the purpose of the person growing and becoming a disciple. And a lot of people don't understand the correct purpose of correction and discipline, and so it doesn't come in. But without it, you know, think of training up your kids. You need to have it to raise disciples, and it's really important. And as a disciple, you know, the Bible talks a lot in Proverbs about a wise man takes a rebuke or takes correction. And so if you want to be a disciple and grow, then that's one of the things that you have to be prepared to take as well um, and learn and grow from there. David, you look like you have a last little short word. Well, there's no brief word for me in discipleship, but anyway, I'll, 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 do, I'll do my best. With a discipleship environment, what that does is it creates a rights entitlement situation. So, mm, so you walk into that mentality. situation and you say, this is my right. I ha- you, you have to do this for me. Yep. You have to serve me in this way. Whereas in an empowerment environment, it's personal responsibility, it's duty, and, 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 and so what happens is a discipler, for example, someone like myself who makes disciples, if I ever walked into, can you imagine me walking onto a cruise liner? <laughs> They'd be all diving battle, overboard, they jump off their ships and, and say, the guy, I'm going to take and, my and, chance and the swimming. Guy says, and the guy says to me, sir, can you move me, where's my pina colada, can you move my deck chair closer? You they just, would be you just like, see someone with thongs, a Hawaiian shirt, swimming and for a sure. deck chair being hoiked over the, <laughs> over the side. David was like, would be like, you talking shade? to me? You want shade? You talking to me, boy? Come here. <laughs> I'll give you shade. Here. But here's, here's the thing I teach all our kids at, at, at Lifehouse. Is that our kids, um, you know, <laughs> even at 30-something are still kids for us. They're in the no-excuse zone. All right, this is the no excuse sign. Don't come and give me an excuse. You, you have no excuse to fully implement Matthew 22. Put That's no the excuse law of the to kingdom. not implement it. That's you mean why you just stick your hand up when yeah. he says to do something. You have no excuse not to fully implement Matthew 28, which is the order of the kingdom, the law and order of the kingdom of God. And so a disciple in a discipleship environment has no personal rights or enablements. Yep. A disciple and a discipleship environment has personal responsibility and duty, yep. and, they, and they love it. And I, and I think, uh, you know, Lena said earlier, which I liked, it's all about building the kingdom, not just building our little ship. Yep. It's all about the kingdom because we're all in the family business. Yep, yep. 
All right, well, that was great. So what we've just to recap, we talked about a discipleship environment, um, what it looks like, and we looked at enablement versus empowerment. So I hope you've enjoyed that. Do we have any challenges? I would say a challenge could be, you know, to just look at where you at personally and just really ask yourself the question, am I actually growing? Um, not sitting, just putting the responsibility on someone else because the responsibility is on you personally and you cannot stand and say, well, you know, no one taught me this or whatever. Um, you've got to just look at that and see if you're growing. So maybe just look at where you at, take a check and see how you're travelling along in terms of that. Are you in a discipleship environment? My challenge would be to ask yourself, am I in an excuse zone or a no-excuse zone? Yeah. You might be giving yourself excuse. <laughs> <laughs> no, Debbie, look where you are. Yeah, no, I'm sitting in a no excuse awesome. No excuse zone. Awesome. <laughs> You're up. <laughs> All right. Into deep end. <laughs> deep end swimming. Lesson one. <laughs> Without water wings. Kick your feet. Lesson two. Use your arms. Lesson three. All Don't right. So thank you once again for joining us. And you can look us up and drop us a line if you want to tell us how much you're enjoying this or maybe share some of your stories on our webpage, www.life-house.net. And check us out on Facebook. 